these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. This segment brought to you by Meow Mix. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. Faith in your. You know what it is? It's a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody! Day, little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I don't know. I was thinking of going with Roger Stone. It's kind of a complicated story. Crank up that music! It's an internment party! Roger Stone, I don't. I don't we need I don't a know. subwoofer. I'm not into that story. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. It's mostly partisan phoniness, as usual. If I have to read two paragraphs of the story, it just loses me. It's good to have standards. Oh, I was just listening to on the way in. We talked about this story the other day. Our lion universities. Oh, my God. The elite universities that lecture us all on how we should live. And have such strict guidelines for political correctness? Oh, yeah. What, they, they, they're just limiting hate speech, Jack. They'll decide. So Harvard and... I probably should make sure I got it right before I start throwing... Was it Yale? Was Stanford on the list or not? But Harvard and Yale taking billions of dollars from, for instance, China and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And they're required to... Uh, document that and tell everybody about it, but they didn't. They hit it. Oh, you know why? I, I forgot. You've never forgotten anything? Because they can't justify <laughs> taking that kind of money from such repressive, awful countries with no rights whatsoever. So they break the law to keep it quiet, just like they keep it quiet that they allow rich white kids to get in over deserving minorities because the rich, the white kids are rich enough that they can get to come into college even though they don't qualify. How I well, they, they let in white. They let in rich kids of every color, Jack. It's I the would, richness that counts. I would certainly hope that we are past Hollywood and elite universities lecturing the rest of us about right and wrong and political correctness because they're just full on hypocrites. Amen to that. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> the whole elite university thing should make you nauseated. So you're lecturing us about pronouns, and you fired your professor at Harvard because he suggested that boys are better than girls at math overall, which is statistically true. It's indisputable. But you drove him out of the, <laughs> the <clears throat> university board. Yeah, you'll take billions of dollars from Saudi Arabia for they where they beat women if if the husband has an affair. Right. Uh, but you're fine with that because you're a bunch of freaking lying hypocrites. Yep. God, it's just amazing. I hope that whole thing is over. Is it over? Oh, I... Are there people that don't uh, that still have hot respect for Hollywood and elite universities? What they think about the world? Good lord! Well, for fans of movies, I would say, uh, yeah, the third act has begun, where it all comes together. I think it's just starting. The act where uh, the the university system and its bloat and and the profit and the hypocrisy and the sick indoctrination and the rest of it just gets to be too much and more people start to understand that those ivy-covered walls that look so grand and wonderful, those institutions of higher learning, are now institutions of greed, hypocrisy, and, and frankly, stupidity. Taking billions of dollars from China, the worst country on planet Earth. Yep. 
easily the worst country on earth. And saying, well, certainly we'd we'd love to do you that favor, uh, communist China, when China puts the squeeze on them. Tells them, hey, you really ought to teach this in your learning center. Why don't you open up one of these Confucius Institutes? Confucian Institutes and and the rest of it. So, yeah, not only are they taking the money from China, but l- look at the China, Chinese communist regime. They're not stupid. They're not giving that money because they like American universities. They want something, and they're getting it. Yeah. Or will you got to lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. They'll get it now, or they will in the future. Sure was, words never spoken. I was listening to a China expert on a podcast yesterday talking about that, uh, for instance, that... Uh, hacking into our financial system and getting all our records that we found out about the other day. So they got half of Americans' financial records and Social Security numbers and everything like that. And so now they've got the financial background and, and perhaps health background and all kinds of different stuff of all these different people that could end up in position, are in positions of power or mm-hmm. will end up in positions of power in the future. Right. And they can uh, they can come to you and say, what's this uh, you know amount of money you were spending at strip clubs or whatever, whatever they decide to use. Um, to compromise people. They have something on, like, practically every American in the country. Well, and I'm sure they have their best and brightest devising various plans from, you know, erasing people's identities to emptying, say, 10 million Americans' bank accounts all of a sudden, causing a financial panic, you know, shutting down the electric grid, whatever. I mean, they're working on every every... You know, the idea they can come up with. They've done the oppo research on every future candidate in America, right? For any kind of race. Some 28-year-old who's going to run for governor of some state in 15 years, they know all about his uh, his current past, his or her. Right. Women can be governors from what I understand. Right. It's um, true, theoretically. <laughs> anyway, I got, I got some more on China from listening to this China expert. It's really interesting about the coronavirus later, but let's introduce everybody in the squad to get going. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, good. I just realized it's the day before Valentine's Day, and I'm in trouble because I haven't Uh-oh. gotten a card yet. And last year, I didn't do so well because I waited to the last minute. There was no cards left, and so I ended up getting a card. When I handed it to her, it said, my condolences on your loss, and there was an X. I just X'd it out and wrote, happy Valentine's Day with yeah, a heart on it. It should be fine. Yeah, so I'm hoping this year I'll actually be able to find something. Maybe go with something, congratulations on your new home. Right. And cross it out. <laughs> something a little more upbeat. Your promotion to my sweetheart. Just write that in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a girl. And you write out, it will cross out girl. And write, it's Valentine's Day. Right. Or it's a girl <laughs> I love. You write in at the bottom. <laughs> Come on now. Think about it. It can be done. Yeah. Sure. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Anyone else really looking forward to Nevada? Yeah, me neither. I'm uh, I, I'm trying to still get a hold of, a grasp on the, the whole process of going forward with the Democratic candidates. I, I heard an interesting thing about just, I believe, a majority, if not all the states going forward, are uh, proportional votes. So a small delegate lead it, it turns into a big one because it becomes harder and harder to surpre- surpass it. If you have a delegate lead by like 50 or something like that going in, you have to start winning these next states by 50% if you want to close right. ground because they're always getting some number of votes, I remember even by that. finishing second, third, or fourth. I remember that math from last time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a small lead can be pretty hard to overcome because you can only pick up a couple per state, and there's only so many states. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the most interesting thing that happened yesterday on the Democratic race was black leaders in Congress coming out for Bloomberg and going on various shows 
and uh, endor- endorsing him. Right. That is the establishment saying we got to stop this Bloomberg's a racist story before it gets any air. Yes. So black leaders in Congress were on all the talk shows on your MSNBC and uh, CNN yesterday saying Bloomberg is a great guy. We all know that he deeply regrets stop and frisk. The black community trusts. I mean, so they were out there really doing the uh, the damage control. That is so interesting. Oh, I, did not, I did not see that yesterday afternoon, but I w- became aware this morning that the hosts, particularly on MSNBC, are... They were ready to discuss the fact that Bloomberg's actually a great guy, yeah. and he's not like that. And the, the, the phrasing was a little uncomfortable, but I, uh, what we know about him, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. The establishment because they're usually they usually don't swing that way. There's a great chance for a controversy in the rest of it. If we were wondering recently who the establishment's going with, Biden, Klobuchar, Mayor Pete, no, they've picked their candidate. Oh yeah, and it's it pretty is, clear, and it's Michael Bloomberg. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, February 13th, the year 2020. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. The Republicans have said they hope you would learn a lesson from impeachment. What lesson did you learn from impeachment? Uh, that the Democrats are crooked. They've got a lot of crooked things going. That they're vicious. Uh, that uh, they shouldn't have brought impeachment. Anything and that my poll numbers are 10 points higher because of fake news like NBC, which reports the news very inaccurately, probably more inaccurately than CNN, if that's possible. A contrite President Trump answering questions from the media. What did you learn from your failed marriage? That women are evil, right? What did you learn from your business going bankrupt? That customers suck, right? They're stupid. <laughs> I don't know what a good product is in front of them. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you what, and this goes to the great uh, Joe Getty truth of the 21st century. You should probably jot this down or have it engraved or, I don't know, needle pointed and hang it on your kitchen uh, wall. If you're constantly attacking someone, they will have no interest in contrition or admitting you're partly right no doubt about that and these times and and you know you see it online particularly there's there are people that i would really like to uh, get along with politically speaking mostly because you know going about my life i don't think about it all the time but they are so constantly aggressively on the attack it is nearly impossible to put down your gloves take a deep breath and say okay let's just relate as human beings Mm-hmm. That just seems to be in the past. Yeah, it does, as we've experienced uh, at a couple of events. Yeah. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's a lot like an STD, Jack. It's embarrassing, but probably not fatal. Wow. That's the worst tease I've ever heard. Well, truth is my hallmark. How bad is the coronavirus in China, or and how bad is the Communist Party, among other things <laughs> we'll talk about on the Armstrong and Getty Show? man bought a new home for the world's most expensive price, or at least America's most expensive price. I'll tell you about his lovely new digs coming up. He and his Instagram girlfriend. Who did Bezos send up with? Oh, was that one woman? Journalist of some sort, wasn't she? She was her, a, like an oh, entertainment TV anchorette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV anchorette, yes. Yeah, please. 
Anyway, they got a new uh, home. If the underwear modeling people don't call back, you become a TV anchorette. But, you know, what the heck? It's honest work. Sure. Mailbag. Hey. If you get lucky, yeah. you end up marrying the world's richest man. For instance, you think his new spot's got a washer-dryer <laughs> in unit? Yeah. Central oh, yeah. heating and air. Yeah. Yep, we're only two-car garage. Ooh, two. That's nice. And not like barely. Attached? You can totally fit two cars in there. Of course it's attached. Not one of the, where you got to exit out the sunroof when you get two cars in. Right, exactly. you got no room for your golf clubs or your bicycle. My my uh, house was built in the 70s, and the garage, my vehicles won't fit in the garage door, let alone fit in the garage. The garage door's Jimmy not Carter wide enough. garage doors. Yeah, they're not wide wow. enough for... Wow. Wow, you got to take care of that, man. <laughs> uh, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Robert Ingersoll in his work, The Liberty of Man, Woman, and Child. The man who does not do... Well, let's just say person. Can we say person? For all the jokes we make, for goodness sakes, you're old-timey guys. Say people. The person who does not do his own thinking is a slave and is a traitor to himself and his fellow men. Hmm. Think for yourself, my friends. Hello, gents, writes Damon and Kim. My wife and I were finishing lunch at our local spot, and a woman noticing my stupid should hurt t-shirt said, I like your shirt. I, I, oh, it turns out, oh, you're a fag, is not an appropriate response in polite company. Mm. Well, without the context. Right. Friend of Armstrong and Getty has been a term around here for decades. Um, and, and nobody gets mad because everybody knows we love everybody. Where were we the other day? Oh, the big event in Napa. We did this big political event in Napa with some really high-profile speakers and us. But anyway, walked out on stage. I said, hello, fags! And the crowd roared with approval. Yes! We've taken back the word, friends of Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> Have we? Uh, also, an observation late to the game. Uh, oh no, that's kind of neither here nor there. I got to figure out. I didn't mean to read that part. I apologize. Uh, let's see. Loyal listener, listener Robert, his his uh, signature is sent from my Commodore Vic twenty. <laughs> wow. Uh, I thought I knew what the term meant, but the last few months had me wondering. I thought. The no malarkey tour meant one thing, but now I can only think that malarkey means votes or delegates <laughs> or chance in hell of winning. Oh, ouch. Isn't this it, idea is a bunch of malarkey. Isn't it funny how those old-timey sayings change over the years? Yeah, so malarkey <laughs> means votes. Right. Um, That's some pretty funny writing from your Commodore, Robert. CNBC had a story yesterday, and they were all anonymous Sources, but they claimed they were talking to high-level donors who were bailing on Biden. That is, it, it's that it not gonna, shocking. going to happen. Yeah, I mean... For people who are well, saying, Iowa and New Hampshire don't matter, there's hardly any delegates. It, the, the donors care. You show you just got no promise, or you show you do have promise. Right. Amy, Amy Kay and Pete have raised tons of money. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's not winning, and then there's getting 9%. Being mired in what, fourth or fifth, it doesn't matter. Way down there with Liz Warren, who everybody had anointed the candidate, what, two months ago? Right. What of our... Let's see. Ah, Nate writes, so I'm watching Survivor with the family, not paranoid. The Mike Bloomberg commercials come on about three or four times, not paranoid. I noticed the jittered and flashing in the camera work, not paranoid. It's quite a commercial. 
I'm curious, excuse me, my cat is walking on a keyboard. Anyway, I'm curious if this commercial can be played in slow-mo, not paranoid. I'm pretty sure there's a split second where the American flag image flashes and moves to the left of the screen, not paranoid. Are there subliminal messages in this commercial? Mm. I have not watched the entire thing. I mean, I will uh, try to take that in, Nate. He signs it, Nate the Great Monkey Ape. What is that? I don't know. but as a reference to something? Kind of rhymes. It's as, terrible. As of today, little Mike Bloomberg has spent $300 million on advertising. I said, you're kidding me. Which is uh, a record by a lot. When did he jump in officially? A month ago? Wasn't very long ago. No. We were talking about uh, closeness bias, how we listen less closely to people close to us than we do to strangers. The thinking by scientists being that, well, we already have a pretty darn good idea what the other person's going to say. Close friend, lover, spouse, whatever. Uh, Joe from Dayton, frequent correspondent, writes, Guys, being married to the same person for 30 years, I learned fairly early how to tell if closeness bias is engaged or not. I merely stop mid-sentence. If she responds with, and then, I carry on. She was listening. If it doesn't get a response, I know she's not listening and cease blowing a hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> Expelling his carbon dioxide. I'm never butthurt by the lack of attention. Why? Because I know I do it, too. Well, good for you. I do get butthurt. If I stop in the middle of my story and realize nobody's going to say anything. Uh, yeah, it's hurtful for <laughs> me, too. Maybe I'm too sensitive. Then he Nobody says, even noticed that I stopped in the middle of the story. P.S. Looking forward to your team coverage of the Alaskan primaries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, we'll go deep with many guests. Three delegates at stake. Right. The exit polls. Oh, oh, oh boy. The muckluck vote. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Night in New Hampshire. Bernie Sanders finished first, Pete Buttigieg finished second, and Joe Biden is finished. Uh, That's right, Joe Biden finished tonight in a distant fifth place, and now the four people ahead of him are scared, because the last place you want Joe Biden is behind you. And, uh... That's mockery. Seriously, I'm not saying Biden's in trouble, but in South Carolina, he's already losing to a balanced broom. Because the thing that was on the internet, right? That's an excellent Jimmy Fallon thing. He's not even running. (laughs) Because he's always on top of what the latest hot thing is. Oh, yeah. What was that tune you were playing, by the way? I know that's Miles. Uh, Miles Which song? Is that Freddie Freeloader? What song is that from Kind of Blue? Do you know which song it is? I don't know. No. What's the point of words? It was a title in a jazz song. It's got no words. Yeah, you're no kidding. You can name I guess you got to call it something. You can call it whatever you want. Jimmy the Jazz Song, you could call it. Yeah. Um, Jessica, jazz Song number 43. Jessica Simpson's book tour has added security after anti-fur protests. We'll go deep on that story coming oh. up later. Oh, boy. What is wrong with you people? In more serious news, um, China has fired one of their high-level communist officials, which is a big deal. They don't do that sort of thing very often. After a... Um, we, we hardly do that in this country. You can't get rid of federal employees. Yeah. Well, we do it for different reasons, but th- their reason is we don't want to look like we ever do anything wrong. We're all geniuses, and right. we never make mistakes. Right. Put your faith in the party. And uh, they actually got rid of someone after they confirmed almost 15,000 new infections just yesterday. 
an almost tenfold increase from a day earlier, indicating that the epidemic is far from tapering off. They've uh, the spin. The story is they changed the way they're reporting. They're including mild cases now. That seems very odd to me. If if you have a mild case of a disease that's killing all sorts of people, you still have a case of it, and you don't know if it's going to stay mild. I just think they are trying to incrementally get closer to the truth because they're seeing themselves being called out all over the world for suppressing the numbers, including by their own people. So, um, as we all know, the... Uh coronavirus started at a wet bat market or whatever the heck that was. Wet meat market, Jack. Yeah, they really need to get up to speed on uh, on what they eat there. Um, I was listening to a China expert on a podcast yesterday talking about how uh, as recently as 40 years ago, you had millions of people in China who were living in caves and, and coming out in the daytime and like trying to catch squirrels. I mean, they were living like prehistoric people wow. by the millions in China just decades ago. Wow. And it's and with and with the help of the West, they have been raised up to, you know, more or less a modern middle class, still very low compared to the United States, mm-hmm. but a more modern middle class sort of uh, lifestyle, but a lot of their habits haven't changed that fast. Um and so they still go and eat, you know, wet, you know, not fresh bat oh. because their grandparents did. Oh, boy. Now, come on, China! Listen, a, a week for leftover bat, max. Okay? Just, oh, yeah. Check the expiration date on your bat. Got any dry bat? Um, <laughs> no, it's wet. Everything's got to be wet. Oh. You got any uh, bat in the freezer case or anything? Oh. So I know it's fresh. Bat jerky? No. <laughs> no. Everything, I like everything wet. Just kind of <laughs> swimming in a soup out. of whatever thing mixed together. Oh, kind of golly. a gray-brown soup. You got to pick a rat walking through it. And a, a potato. <laughs> yeah, after a couple of nights, feed the bat to your dog, which you'll later eat. Or, or just compost it or something. Oh, God. Anyway, so this expert, this guy was from, we should have him on sometime. This guy was from AEI, American Enterprise Institute. And he's been uh, studying China forever. And his specialty is economics, not viruses. But he was pointing out that how, for instance, with economics, you immediately double or half whatever number that they they throw out, just just as starters. <laughs> you either double it or half it. Yeah. Okay. I see. Closer to what you think is probably the truth, uh, right. just for starters, and then it may be many multiples of that. Right. Uh, and, and he said the only way they can confirm economic statistics, for instance, is they have to if China claims that they sold this many whatever, well then they have to go to other countries who buy that from China and look at their numbers and try to, you know, work it backwards to get something close to the truth. Right. Because China just completely makes everything up. How many times did you hear in the mainstream media about their 7 to 10% growth rate in their economy every year? They make those numbers up. Well, I've been repeating that for years, and I know why now. Because I was misled by probably uh, the greatest helper to China's image that exists in the Western world. Tom Friedman of the New York Times. Oh, boy. Because he was writing columns and on Charlie Rose once a week for decades, basically talking about how their system is better than ours. I mean, their ability to quickly innovate and, you know, build a bridge in a day or whatever, and their growth of 10% in the economy, everything, is just amazing. And we should really look to China. For, and he is the one that got that info out to me and everybody else for years. Mm. And it turns out, well, one, that most of it's lies. 
And uh, and two, it ain't working that well. Lion liar. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting there. But yeah. Um, so he said you'd, you'd have to look at these numbers from the coronavirus, and he said with economics we'd double it at least to start with, and it's probably may, many multiples of that. And the problem is, as we all know in the Communist Party, you're starting at the very lower level. <clears throat> you got somebody who's with the Communist Party at the hospital. That'd be the lowest level probably, and they have to please their boss so that they don't end up getting thrown in prison or losing their job, so they lie. And then that guy, who might just, you know, be over three hospitals in that region, mm-hmm. he's got to lie to his boss, who's over the entire province, and then right. that guy's got to lie to them. And by the time you get eight layers up, the lie has multiplied so many times, you're not even close to the truth. But they all found a way to save their job. Right. And by right. the way, happens it's an old, in, old story. It kind of happens in American corporations, too, usually not with life and death situations. No. But, uh, well, it, it reminds me of the iron law of bureaucracy, in which over time, people dedicated to the purpose of the bureaucracy slowly give way to people who are just protecting the bureaucracy until they don't even care about their purpose anymore. And the Communist Party is, is the perfect example of that. They're not responding to the needs of the people on a day-to-day basis. It's almost laughable. They're responding to the guy above them because they want to get promoted. They want a little more wealth. They want to be more connected, and they don't want to end up in a gulag. The the other thing in the coronavirus I think is interesting is um, experts are now saying we, we don't have any idea how deadly it is since it started in China. It seems to be fairly deadly in China, but their health care is so bad, they're they're trying to cover it up as opposed to treat it. You don't know what it would be like if it were loose in the United States. Huh. The results could be way better. Right. Because uh, their care is so bad. Yeah. So we don't really have a handle on the numbers or how bad a virus it is, which is pretty interesting. It is indeed. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. It was funny. I uh, was listening to a little financial news this morning because I am, well, I don't like to throw around the term mogul, but I'm... <laughs> I have some mogulish uh, characteristics. Oh, yeah. Anyway. No, but I was listening, and, and uh, the guy said, markets are reeling this morning over the announcement that the, uh, the number of coronavirus cases is uh, much larger. And I thought, oh, wow, really? How bad is this? The markets are, we've known about the coronavirus for, for weeks and weeks, and now they're, I wonder how much they're down. The futures are down like six-tenths of a percent. We'll be all right. Seven-tenths of a percent. <clears throat> after the market has been skyrocketing for weeks and weeks now. It's just more bad, sensationalistic journalism. And the world's richest man has set a new record for the priciest home in America, Jeff Bezos of the Washington Post and Amazon and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, getting caught by his wife with a hottie and naked pics. Uh, he's famous for that also. He just paid $165 million for David Geffen's Beverly Hills home. He's oh, a, I saw this real estate listing. He's a it's really mobile. a nice pad. I mean, really a nice home. Yeah, I think he'll be. be very happy there. Yeah, he'd been shopping for uh, a new home with his girlfriend uh, to try to find a place to live. Well, and you know how it is when you go house shopping too. He was; they were saying, "Look, nothing more than 140 million." But then you find the place you fall in love with, and you can't help but stretch a little bit. So it's it's not as enormous as a lot of these homes tend to be. I think it's 9,000 square feet. Mm. You know, oftentimes these things are like 30,000 square feet. I think you're just having square feet to brag about it. Nine is pretty oh, oh, big. It's very, very big. It's very, very Depending big. Depending on the layout. But was was it Al Gore? Somebody had a 25,000 square foot house. And we remember talking about it. What, what, what could that even possibly be? Well, if you have a gym, that's really yeah. going to take your uh, square footage up. And yeah. it's 
It's not as expensive to build a gym as the rest of your house. And it's, it's not all, that I have a gym. It's on nine acres, and it's got all the things you expect, you know, pools and tennis courts. And all nine stuff. acres in Beverly Hills? Yeah. Known as the Warner Estate because it was built by Jack Warner of Warm, Warner Brothers way back in the day. Mm-hmm. David Geffen, who's a music mogul, if you don't know it, I, I need to do a real estate deal like this on a lower level, obviously. He bought the place for $47 million in 1990 and just sold it for $165 million. So he made... A lot of money yes. in thirty years. Yes, he did. That's a, that's something. And he was asking two twenty five, but that's that's where Jeff Bezos and his new girlfriend are going to live. Good for them. Well, that's nice. There it is. That's it was nice. one of many places he got. Of course, it's not like he was couch surfing while he found a place. I sold my old place. And I'm not trying to find the new place. I got all my furniture in a, in a storage unit. And I don't think he was living like that. But you know, it's funny. It hadn't occurred to me, but there he was at the Academy Awards, and they were making some jokes about him and the rest of it. He is now one of the most important movie moguls and producers of entertainment in the world. Amazon Prime Video. He's the number one seller of everything. Right. He is a giant entertainment mogul. He runs the Washington Post, which is one of the most important newspapers in the world. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big deal. Other than that. Movie tradesman. He's a dweeb. (laughs) Nothing. He's got nothing I don't have, except all that stuff. The most amazing polling number I've seen maybe yet this cycle. I have to I have to pitch it like that. Oh, because boy. we've had a lot of stupid polls that polls, now what polls? That now in retrospect I look back on a lot of the polls that I've talked about. Yes. And I'm I uh, I'd like to hit you with some of those yeah, polls. I'm embarrassed for talking about them. I'm embarrassed. But I, this poll I have to admit I wasted your time. But not this time. Not this time. Okay. Not this time. Right. This one's for reals. Armstrong and Getty. Kentucky Fried Chicken and Crocs have joined in a partnership for something that is as American as American can get. So, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Crocs, the laceless shoe, right? The oft-mocked laceless uh, shoe, all-terrain shoe with holes <laughs> for your dignity to drip out, as people say. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> There's no need to impugn other people's choices in footwear. <laughs> More on that later, perhaps. Uh, this is the most stunning poll I have seen in quite some time. As of like a month ago, I don't know why I'd say like a month ago. It is a month ago. As of a month ago, Joe Biden had 50% of the black vote. And um, Michael Bloomberg had like three. Bloomberg has run eight gazillion ads, $300 million across the nation, and is now right behind Joe Biden. Joe Biden has plummeted 22 points among the black vote, which is you got to get to get the nomination, at least in the past. And Bloomberg has gone up 15. Wow. In that amount of time, it's now 27 to 22 with Bloomberg right behind Biden and climbing for the black vote. Bloomberg is for blanking real. Mm, or is he? He is. So is Biden. Now he's not. I apologize for that. One thing about polling is they never say, because the networks or whomever is sponsoring the poll spend a fair amount of money doing this, they're not going to tell you, look, 
It's it's 65 and sunny today, but it's going to rain like hell this weekend and be cold. Mm. Um, they're not going to tell you, look, this poll is, these people change their minds like crazy. They're undecided. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But you really have to. I mean, a change that significant? That's that's huge. We just happened to just get this note from Burke in the Bay Area. Hey, Flannel Joe and Camel Farmer Jack. <laughs> Did you you never did get a camel. No, or a giraffe. <laughs> well, a giraffe was going to be harder to get. Um, uh, and hows. I got room for a giraffe. Our barn would be perfect for a giraffe, the way it's built. I, I believe you. Um, <laughs> I said, that doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to drive over and check. <laughs> but you, but you uh, passed a camel, on the camel as well. A camel we could get because our veterinarian, her expertise is camels. She uh, she worked in Saudi Arabia for years taking care of camels. So. What the heck is she doing living where she lives? Shouldn't she be in Qatar or something? She got tired of the sand? I don't remember why she... Oppression. Oh, I, I think, yeah, I think she didn't like the way the women were treated there. I Saudi wonder Arabia. why. Yeah. Probably because all the oppression. Anyway, we got this note. Uh, quick uh, curiosity question for you here. Is the black vote, in quotes, that is so newsworthy right now, a statistically relevant thing in 2020? Do all black folks think and vote as, colla- as a collaborative entity in such a way that it makes it a thing? Is it materially different from 10% of the blue-eyed vote, or 20% of the blonde-haired vote, or 15% of the 510 vote, or 50% of the bearded vote? How is the color of one's skin relevant to voting? And how on earth does the Democratic media and Democratic presidents and the party, all of its woke preaching, have the audacity to cluster and group certain voters based on the color of their skin? It's the absolute literal definition of racism. Well, listen, I have been uh, pitching this idea for a very long time, Burke, the idea, and but it's as old as time in politics. You, uh, you know, actually, there are a number of good movies that deal with this, that deal with, like, old-timey New York, whether it's gangs in New York or that sort of thing. You need to convince the Irish that they should all vote the same. You need to convince the Hispanic people. You need to all vote the same. you got to put black people in a pen as if they're a dumb beast, and I hate this kind of politics, and convince black folks you all got to vote the same, because that way... You don't have to appeal to their ideas and their sense of what's best for the country or their community, which is a complex and difficult thing. No, all you have to do is say, you're black, you vote like this. There could be nothing more insulting, and yet American politics runs on it. Boo, I say. Boo! Well, nine out of ten black people vote Democrat for president most of the time, so you could understand. That's why you could understand why you would uh, approach it that way. Yeah, it has been that way. The Democrats have done a very nice job of of duping Black America into voting the same way, though uh, what they are promised never happens. Anywho, uh, they have circled the wagons around Mini Mike about the whole uh, racial issue, and uh, I think he's going to be fine. Did you hear his? uh, We should probably play that. He was asked about some of the controversial comments he made about stop and frisk and then arrest rates of minorities and the rest of it. His comeback was terrible. I mean, it was like, you know, he was woken up from being dead asleep as a non-candidate and asked. And he's like, um, uh, well, I, uh, I don't think those things. Uh, yeah, but you said them. Wow. Oh. 
<laughs> Come on. It was impossibly bad. This guy is supposed to be so sharp and everything. He doesn't have a quick little, listen, that was out of context. Here's what I actually believe. Boom, boom, boom. Be forceful. Be be positive. Be affectionate toward, you know, black America to the extent that that exists. But instead he's stammering and, and, and it was terrible. And this is the great white hope. Okay. We'll see. This movie is still entertaining me. I'm going to stick with it. So these, 50% of the bearded vote. <laughs> so these new Crocs that are coming out, that have uh, Crocs have teamed with Kentucky Fried Chicken to be the most American thing you could possibly be. Uh, I do like me some Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm not a fan of the Croc. But anyway, they're Crocs that look like a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And they come in men's and women's. Wow. And, oh, uh, wow. You know, you, Rudy. They're fifty nine ninety nine. It's been months since I've been cruelly mocked by my peers. I wonder what I could do to, to bring some of that on. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the women's pair, it says here, will sell for fifty nine ninety nine once it hits retail and undoubtedly more on the fried chicken fashion black market. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. I know what somebody's getting for this year's gift exchange. Oh, boy. <laughs> I do have a friend who who owns a pair of Chew Crocas. Oh my! Goodness. They're 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 Crocs fashioned to look like Chewbacca of Star Wars fame. <laughs> Apparently, comedian Patton Oswalt refers to Crocs as the sadness sandal. <laughs> <laughs> Why so judgmental? <laughs> well, you know, elsewhere in consumer news, unless there's more uh, Croc mockery, that's fine. No, is that enough? Uh, I, I came across the list of the safest automobiles cool. that are out for 2020, and I thought I would bring that to you. Mm-hmm. Here is the problem. There are so many oh, really? that get the highest rating. I mean, you can find it online if you're shopping for cars right now, but there are dozens and dozens and dozens of cars available right now that are extremely safe. I'm driving a 78 <laughs> LeBaron. Where's that on the list? <laughs> Not high. Armstrong.